Well, for those of y'all who don't know, I am Julie Richard, and this is my son, Joe, and he's going to be teaching with me today. I'm so excited to have all the LHC kids in the house. Typically, Joe is over there teaching in LHC kids, but we get to kick off the summer series at the movies, and what a fun series this will be. Throughout the next several weeks as a church, we'll look at different movies and then we'll use those movies as a springboard to learn biblical truth and principles. You know, when you study the life of Jesus in the New Testament, you watch and see Jesus teach in so many different ways depending on the context and the audience. And at Lake Hills Church, we teach a bunch of different ways on Sunday. Sometimes we will teach in an exegetical way. Exegetical simply means that we take a book of the Bible, a passage of scripture, and over several weeks, we go verse by verse, or together we walk through that passage of scripture, a lot like what Mac has done in the most recent series, New in the Area, as we walk together through 1 Peter. That's exegetical teaching. And then sometimes we do topical teaching where we choose a topic like family or work, prayer, grace, forgiveness. And then we look at that topic together and grab different Bible passages that direct us and guide us in ways to deal with that topic. So there's exegetical, there's topical, and then there's thematic. Thematic is when we choose a theme kind of like at the movies, the theme of movies, but then each week is a different topic all tied with that theme. That's what we're doing here with At the Movies. So the thing about Lake Hills Church is whether we are doing exegetical, topical, or thematic, everything we teach, every message that we preach, all is rooted in and built on the foundation of Scripture. The communication style, the topic, the theme may change, but the message never does. The messenger may change, but the message stays the same. Everything we do is rooted in Scripture. It's built on the foundation of God's Word, and that's why it's so amazing that we can gather together. I love that the LHC kids are in here. The miracle of Scripture is that When we teach a message, no matter who's in the audience, if we use God's word as our foundation, then it transcends every age and life stage. So yeah, kids are in here today, and Joe is teaching, but you know what? It's not just for kids. It's for everyone. The message today transcends age and life stage because God's word transcends age and life stage. And it's the basis of everything we do. Absolutely. And when we talk about movies being a theme or just movies and themes in general, I think no one would argue that some of the most iconic and most memorable movies of all time are that way because of some incredible theme songs that accompanied them. And so to make sure we're all in the right headspace, to make sure we've all got our eyes and ears tuned in the right directions, we're actually gonna start off this series with a game, and we're gonna play some of the more iconic theme songs throughout the years, and if you hear one that you know, go ahead and shout out what movie it's from. So first, we're gonna throw it back, but this is one that Transcends age and life stage. For sure. And ties together many generations. So let's hear that song. <laughs> I heard it. I heard it. I heard they it. Know it. I mean, that first bomb, it's 
May the force be with you. Star Wars. Excellent, excellent. I heard that out there. Okay, this next one, it literally may be perhaps my favorite song of all time. Of all time. That's really? Yeah. Well, okay, top five. Let's listen to this one. Yes. Yes. My word, I love it so much. I feel all the feelings when I hear this song. I have to be honest. I'm a little embarrassed at how quickly I recognize that song. Frozen. 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 That was excellent. So good. The next one um, is also a throwback, but topical and timely for now, and was the reason I had a mustache for the last month. So let's throw that one up. Oh, yeah. Top Gun. He shaved the mustache for today's to message. I've always wanted to be Goose. Shave the mustache, and I didn't say a word about it. Well, well, you said some words. I may have said a word about it, there, but yeah. you chose on your but own. But I did choose on my own. Yes, yes, good job. So Top Gun. Okay, this next one. This next one is for the kids in the house and for all the parents who may be sick of this song. Let's hear it. Why would anything be wrong? I'm totally fine. The magic's fine. Luis is fine. I heard Y'all it got here. Encanto. Your eyes. Doing the thing. I'm the strong one. It's a, it's a motherhood theme song. I was going to say, I feel yeah. like a lot of moms and dads are feeling yeah. a lot of surface pressure about now. Um, this next one, I just always feel like I need to be doing some sort of cardio when I hear this song or maybe a boxing match. Let's hear that. I mean. Yes, I heard it over here. I feel like I should be running Rocky. the steps of Philadelphia. Rocky, one, two, three, four, five. How, How many does are Sylvester there now? Stallone do it? <laughs> How does he do it, Rocky? Okay, this last one. Talk about taking me back. It takes me back. I can see where I was. Let's hear this one. And there's only one right version. Oh, yes. Yes, Footloose. Footloose. Now, I know I'm going to lose some people on this one. The remake is better than the original. Stop it right now. Kenny Loggins. It is. And it yes, is. Kevin Bacon, the only Footloose to watch. All right. This last one, and this is actually the one, the movie that we're going to be taking a closer look at for the rest of today. It needs no introduction because this song was actually nominated for a Grammy the year it came out. And we've got a clip to go along with it. So let's see that. I mean, the Lion King, what an iconic opening. So we felt it was only right to open at the movies with The Lion King. But I need to tell you that it took such self-control for me not to go, I don't even know what that That was says. not the words. That, I, that I don't, was, I don't nope. know what the words are. It wasn't are. that. I just make that noise, and it sounds just like it in my it head. It does. It's almost like you were the recording. Yes. Um, but if you haven't seen The Lion King, we're going to go ahead and quickly take you through the roller coaster that is Pride Rock. So immediately after that opening, we see Rafiki, the wise old sage, presenting the crown prince Simba to the kingdom called the Pride Lands. And he 
Simba is the crown prince whose dad is Mufasa, who is currently king of the Pride Lands. And early on, we get a great look into the relationship of Mufasa and Simba as Mufasa begins to prepare Simba, who will one day be the king. Let's take a look. Look, Simba. Everything the light touches is our kingdom. Wow. A king's time as ruler rises and falls like the sun. One day, Simba, the sun will set on my time here and will rise with you as the new king. And this will all be mine? Everything. Everything the light touches. What about that shadowy place? That's beyond our borders. You must never go there, Simba. But I thought a king can do whatever he wants. Oh, there's more to being king than getting your way all the time. There's more? <laughs> Simba. Everything you see exists together in a delicate balance. As king, you need to understand that balance and respect all the creatures, from the crawling ant to the leaping antelope. But Dad, don't we eat the antelope? Yes, Simba, but let me explain. When we die, our bodies become the grass, and the antelope eat the grass. And so, we are all connected in the great circle of life. I mean, just right off the bat, as good as the music is in that movie, that voice is all time incredible. But unfortunately for Mufasa and Simba, not everyone in the Pride Lands was exactly on board with Simba becoming the next king. See, Mufasa's brother, the evil Scar, which if you're keeping track of family trees, that makes Scar Simba's uncle, is very upset that a crown prince, just baby cub, has taken his place as next in line to the throne. So Scar decides that he's got an idea to put himself back up on top. And that's where the movie takes a very intense turn. Through a series of extremely unfortunate events that were all planned and plotted out by Scar, Mufasa meets an untimely fate, and Simba is led to believe that all of it was his fault. And so completely ridden with shame and guilt, he runs away from his home, runs away from the Pride Lands, and meets an interesting duo, to say the least. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Gets him every time. <laughs> Uh-oh. Hey, Timon, you better come look. I think it's still alive. Alrighty, what do we got here? Jeez, it's a lion. Run, Pooba, move it. Hey, Timon, it's just a little lion. Look at him. He's so cute and all alone. Can we keep him? Pumper, are you nuts? You're talking about a lion. Lions eat guys like us. But he's so little. He's going to get bigger. Maybe he'll be on our side. <laughs> uh, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. Maybe he'll be... Hey, I got it. What if he's on our side? You know, having a lion around might not be such a bad idea. So we're keeping him? <laughs> of course. Who's the brains in this outfit? Uh... My point exactly. Jeez, I'm fried. Let's get out of here and find some shade. 
Okay, now Timon and Pumbaa take Simba under their wings and then they begin to teach him their ways. And they do that through another very recognizable song that we're gonna talk about today. Hakuna, well, you'll see. Let's watch. <coughs> Hakuna Matata. What? Hakuna Matata. It means no worries. Hakuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. Hakuna Matata. Ain't no peasant craze. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's our problem free. Hakuna Matata? Yeah, it's our motto. What's the motto? Nothing. What's the motto with you? <laughs> you know, it, these two words will solve all your problems. That's right. Take Pumba, for example. Why, when he was a young warthog. When I was a young warthog. Very nice. Thanks. He found his aroma like a certain appeal. He could clear the savannah after every meal. I'm a sensitive soul, though I seem thick-skinned. And it hurt that my friends never stood downwind. And oh, the shame! What's a shame? What a change in my name! Oh, what's your name? And I got downhearted. How'd you feel? Every time that I... Hey, Pumpa, not in front of the kids. Oh, sorry. Hakuna Matata, what a wonderful phrase. Hakuna Matata, ain't no passing phrase. It means no worries for the rest of your days. Yes, say it, kid. It's our problem free philosophy. Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's our problem-free philosophy. Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata is actually Swahili, meaning literally, there are no worries. Hakuna means there are no. Matata means worries. There are no worries. And you're welcome. For the rest of today, that song will be playing in your head. It's a song that once you sing it, it's on repeat in your mind. And that is why it's such a great theme song. And as great of a theme song as it is, and it is terrible theology, just absolutely terrible. To have no worries and no fears for the rest of your days isn't realistic or practical in any way, shape, or form. In fact, Jesus promises us that in this world we will have trials and sorrows. John chapter 16, verse 33, and read the highlighted words with me. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, what? You, you will have many trials and sorrows. So we know we're going to be up against these things. We know we're going to face things in this life that are out of our control that will cause trial and sorrow. If you've been alive for all of 10 minutes, you know that this is true. So the question then shifts from how do we avoid trials to how do we handle the trials? It's just from how do we avoid the sorrows to how do we handle the sorrows? How can we process through while we're in the middle of them and get to the other side? 
Fortunately for us, that verse that we just read isn't the complete verse. Jesus doesn't leave us hanging. And in fact, and again, read the highlighted word with me. He says, here on earth you will have trialighted sorrow, trials and sorrows. But what? Take, take heart. heart. Because I have overcome the world. We can take heart because we know that Jesus has already conquered and overcome anything that we ever could fear or worry, anything that we ever could be afraid of or have worry because of. So we don't need to avoid it, but we can lean into Jesus when we face it. In fact, another word for take heart or another way to say it is to have courage, just to have courage while we're in it. I think there's a huge misconception out there about what courage in general is. I think a lot of times we think courage means to erase our fear, but that's not it at all. Courage is when we face our fear. Courage is when we act in spite of our fear. For the last couple of weeks in LHC Kids, we've been talking about the armor of God, what it is and how we can put it on and arm ourselves each and every day with the armor of God. And we've talked about the truth that armor doesn't prevent the attack from coming, but it protects you from the attack. It doesn't prevent the attack from coming, but it protects you from the attack. So in this world, we will face disappointment. We're not preventing disappointment, but we're protecting us from disappointment. We're not preventing loss, but protecting us from. We're not preventing hurt, but we're protecting us from hurt. And let me be very clear, there is disappointment. There is mourning in loss. There is pain in hurt. All of that is very real. But in the middle of that, in the midst of the disappointment, loss and hurt, we can also have peace, hope, and joy when we know that we don't have to face those alone. We know that we don't have to go through any of it alone because we can always find our peace in Jesus who has overcome the world. We will have trials, we will have sorrows, we will have, like you said, hurt, loss, and disappointment. We know that that's part of everyone's life. We know that every single human will experience that. And so what follows that, or what is paired often with that, what goes along with it, is fear and worry. That's the definition of fear. Fear is when we anticipate a trial, anticipate um, a problem, anticipate a sorrow, a disappointment. And so we begin to imagine all of the possible hurts, all of the possible disappointments. That's what fear is. Fear is the, the, the icky feeling of what might happen. And if we're not careful and if we're not intentional, then that fear creeps in. And as we say in Fearless Mom, that then Fear creeps into our minds and hearts and pulls up a lazy boy and makes himself at home in there and quickly becomes worry. And fear becomes worry and begins to linger even more. And if it lingers too long, it becomes anxiety and it impacts every single area of our lives. Fear is normal. Worry is so common. Anxiety is growing at a rapid pace. But this I know to be true. God's word gives us direction. You see, God loves us so much and knows us so well 
that he addresses worry in Scripture. Paul actually tells us exactly what to do when we feel fear and worry creep in. And that's what we're going to look at. Philippians 4, verse 6. And you're going to read the highlighted word with me. And you got to read it really great because it's kind of important and we're going to come back to it. So Philippians 4, 6. Here we go. Don't worry about anything. Instead. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and give you a B plus. But we're going for an A plus today. Here we go. Don't worry about anything. Instead. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. I love when I'm reading scripture to look and notice the word instead. When God often tells us not to do something, he then follows it with instead do this. Don't do this. Instead do this. He knows us. He knows how our minds work. And he understands the power of instead. We're going to do a little experiment right now. Joe, I want you, you know what? You guys can participate too. Everybody in the audience. Okay, Joe, Mm -hmm. do not picture a pink elephant. Do not think about a pink elephant. That's just rude. Joe, what are you picturing right now? A pink elephant. A pink elephant. You guys probably were too. Here's the power of instead. Hey, Joe, don't picture a pink elephant. Instead, think about a blue bear. I'm picturing a blue bear. There you go. The power of instead. God knows us and loves us. And he says, when you worry, catch yourself and instead pray about everything. Talk to me. Telling God what you need and thanking him for what he's done. Prayer is talking to God, but it's so much more. Prayer is a mindset a posture, a perspective. When we feel fear, when we feel worry, when we feel it settling in, we instead pray to God, telling him what we need. When I tell God what I need, when I catch myself and think, oh my gosh, I'm talking to the creator of the universe, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who parted the Red Sea and raised Jesus from the dead. When I have that mindset, that posture, that perspective, now my fears, my worries, my needs, I recognize, you know what? God is God. And he's bigger than all of my fears, all of my worries, all of my needs. So the first thing we recognize when we pray in that posture, we recognize his godness. God is God. But then when I do the second part and I thank God for all he's done, I'm reminded of God's goodness. He has good. He has provided in the past. He is providing now and he will provide in the future. Prayer is a perspective And we take on that perspective when we do what Paul said. Don't worry. When you catch yourself, instead, pray about everything. Mm -hmm. Telling God what you need and remembering and thanking him for all he's done. But we want to read verse 7 too. Let's read verse 6 again. Give me the power of instead. Don't worry about anything. Instead, instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Now look at verse 7. Then, then you will experience what? God's peace. God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Peace. That is the goal. That is what Jesus offers. That is what Paul says. Turn to God and then you will experience the peace that passes understanding. 
The answer to worry is not a problem-free life. The answer to worry, our response to worry is a prayerful perspective about a problem-filled life. We know that we will have problems. We know that we will have worries, but Jesus has overcome the world. And when we take that prayerful perspective, we look at it all so differently. If you're anything like me, No one had to teach you how to worry. No one had to teach you how to be fearful. There's no shame in fear. There's no embarrassment about worry. I used to not want to feel it. I wanted to push those feelings aside. Now I lean in and go, I am excellent at panic. I'm like so good. If you need any training in how to panic, I'm your girl. I am so good at it. And so I want to give you a verse if you're like me and your mind tends to go there. I love this verse. It's brought me such comfort because that is where I tend to go toward fear. Psalm 34, verse 4. Psalm 34, verse 4 is actually David. This is what he said. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. What does it say? He He freed me. me. He freed me from all my fears. David was saying, I prayed and God heard me and he answered me. He freed me from my fears. David does not say he removed all my fear. He removed all my trial. He removed all my disappointment. But he does say, I'm no longer tethered to that fear. I'm no longer chained to or driven by that fear. That's the goal. If you catch yourself feeling fearful, feeling worry, No shame, no embarrassment. We look at it with curiosity and then we respond with prayer. You know, you can train yourself to feel this way. Joe, I know that you did it because they definitely did drills when we were in elementary Mm -hmm. school. Joe, I know that you're prepared. If you ever find yourself on fire... Stop, drop, roll. Stop, Stop, drop, drop, and roll. roll. They drilled that into our heads. We had posters like this one. Stop, drop, and roll. There were pictures everywhere in case you ever found yourself on fire. But it wasn't really if. They prepared you like it was when you catch on fire, not if you catch on fire. Like, oh, by the way, you're going to be out at recess and your shirt's going to catch on fire. Don't forget to stop, drop, and roll. On our way to lunch today, let's remember what to do if you catch on fire. It was just Not drilled into Not once in my us. life has that happened. A fire drill, but we rarely even experience it. Well, here's what we're going to do today. We're going to flip the fire drill into, that's right, a fear drill. And we're going to prepare ourselves. We're going to drill what to do if you feel fear. Let's show our poster for fear drill. What does it say? Stop, Stop drop, drop, and... and- Stop, get on your knees, drop to your knees and pray. That's your fear drill. Here's the thing about a reflex. We are all created with reflexes. My reflex, panic and fear. But if I practice enough, I can retrain my brain to the desired response. The desired response, when I feel fear, when I think worryful thoughts, then I stop, drop and... Pray. Stop, drop, and pray. And I just want y'all to know that I created that graphic myself. And I just, well, I just want us to all notice the fire is now coming out of the head. Yeah. Well, that was the fear, that, the flames of fear that come image. out of our minds. And so that, I just want, it's not a ponytail. <laughs> this is, this is for boys and girls. Stop, drop, and pray. That is the appropriate response. Don't worry. Instead, 
pray. Stop, drop, and pray. Absolutely. And one of the things I love about prayer is it's inherently humble. When we come to God, when we approach God and thank him for what he's done or ask him for what we need, we're admitting, whether consciously or subconsciously, that God is God and we are not. When we come to him and ask for what we need, we're admitting to him that we are not all powerful. We are, all, we are not all knowing. And I think there's so much power in that humility. And one of the things I love about God is all of that is welcomed with open arms. We're invited, encouraged, and even commanded to come to him with what we need, to bring our burdens, bring our trials and our sorrows to him. If we look back at the Lion King and fast forward a little bit, at this point, Simba is now fully grown up. He's living life with Timon and Pumbaa, doing everything he can to leave his past in his past, to leave his shame and guilt away from him and run away from his family. When all of a sudden he has this run-in with an old friend, Nala, who lets him know that things in the Pride Lands are terrible with Scar ruling. There's no food, no balance, no circle of life. And it leaves Simba with a choice to make. He can either continue living his life of isolation, living his life away from his family, carrying that shame and guilt with him, or he can go home. He can go home and face his uncle and rejoin his family. Now, I don't think that going home to face an evil uncle who's eaten all of your antelope is a problem that you've faced in your <laughs> lifetime. But I do think a lot of us know that sometimes going home isn't easy. Coming home isn't easy because there can be a lot attached to that. There can be shame and guilt. There can be pain, years of hurt, forgiveness, whether it's extended to you or you have to extend it to someone else. Coming home's not easy. But what I love about our God is he made it possible for us to come home in the most humanly way possible, in the most eternal way possible. Through Jesus, we have the ability to come home. We have the ability to make the choice to come home and find that peace, hope, and joy that only Jesus can offer. And it's really simple. It's really simple. It just takes admitting that we've messed up admitting that we're not perfect, but believing that God sent Jesus down to die on a cross and rise again in order to forgive us of that sin. And the third step is my favorite. The third step is to choose. We have the choice to come home. And if you're sitting here today and you haven't made that choice, if you haven't named Jesus the leader Lord and forgiver of your life, then we just want to give you that opportunity. It's really simple. It's really easy. All it takes is everything. And it's just a simple prayer. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, you can pray this silently. Just say, God, I know I've messed up. I know I've sinned, but I believe you sent Jesus down to die on a cross and rise again for me. God. And today I choose to live a life following you and make you the leader and forgiver of my life. God, I love you so much. Thank you for everything you've done for me. 
And it's in your name we pray. Amen.